The battle for a new champion has officially, because last week wasn't official, begun. Plus, Berna really wants to room with Michelle. Michelle really wants to believe Callum doesn't have a girlfriend. Kieran takes the lead but avoids the fall. Big T doesn't have a master plan, but also she's got a master plan. Horacio ain't nobody's sheep. The 38 girls are trying to run this house. Jessica gives the wrong version of a layup pitch. And is it just me? Or does it feel a little bit like Battle of the Sexes 3 up in here? Okay, it's the challenge. Battle for a new champion series premiere, even if it's the second episode recap coming up right now what up my fellow challenge lovers welcome to the challenge historian where we dive deep into all things mtv's the challenge past present or future if it's happening in the challenge universe we are here to document it I am your host. I am your dedicated challenge historian, Jacob Hollaball. Thank you so very, very much for being here with me on this Thursday morning. I do apologize. I did give you a heads up, though, that this might be happening, that for the first couple of weeks of this brand new season, again, last time I'll make the joke, technically week two, last up week, last episode counts, but for the first couple of weeks of this, I have randomly two concerts on Wednesday nights. So I did get to this quote unquote premiere episode a few hours late last night. And then let's just say that this historian maybe had a little too much fun at the concert and just wasn't in the right headspace to be recording into the wee hours of the night. So we're back here early Thursday morning to get this on tape, get it out to you fine folks all listening. Thank you for joining me. It's a brand new season. Well, again, I said I wouldn't say it again, and I'm already saying it again. It's a brand new season that kind of started last week. We... I didn't, we're not going to go in much to the launch special. If you watched it, great. If you didn't, it probably would have been worth your time and still would be worth your time to go back and watch. Uh, you know, we've only had one person go home, so it's not going to ruin too much here. So we're not really going to cover that tonight. We're here to cover episode number one, the premiere episode, all 90 minutes, all of its glory. I loved it. We'll talk more about the kind of mixed reception it seems to be getting, I don't know what anyone else is watching out there. If you don't think this is amazing and wonderful and incredible, then you might have come to the wrong podcast because that's the feelings you're going to be getting from me. Before we dive into why I have all of those feelings about this episode and this season's promise and potential, quick programming reminders, USA 2 in the books ended last week. We did the finale recap, and then just a couple of days ago, we put up the full season recap and awards. So go listen to that. Find out who I named the MVP. Find out all my thoughts. We put USA 2 in the books. Feel free to go back and listen to that at your leisure. Then Survivor. Have not watched the episode from last night, so please, no spoilers. Don't anyone pop into this recording here and fill me in on any spoilers. We'll be watching that later this evening. We'll be recording with Tony either on Saturday, but more likely on Sunday. So look for that recap from Tony and I coming out on Sunday. And then next week, we will be back, of course, with continued season 39 and continued Survivor coverage. Again, next week will also be a Thursday morning recording because I've got another random Wednesday concert. And then I'll stop being such a cool person who goes to concerts on Wednesday. I don't know who this is, but as I joked on my own Instagram last night, uh, 
while yes, my wife and I got left the house to go to a show on a Wednesday and felt like such cool kids in our thirties being able to do that. We still, we were going to see the opener of the show more than the actual headliner. We were almost exclusively there for the opener. And if we wanted to, we could have been in bed by 10 o'clock still. So we're still kind of the old people that we are. So next week will be very similar though. The recap will come out Thursday. Every week after that, for the most part, we should be coming out Wednesday nights. Agenda, same as it's always going to be, same as it's always been. The formula works. Why change it? We're going to more or less walk through the episode, hit the biggest storylines possible, the biggest opinions and thoughts. Then we're going to do some awards. We're going to put them in some power rankings, which is very difficult with this cast in this early season, and then some predictions for next week to close it out. Thanks as always for being here. Hit that subscribe, that follow, DM me at Challenge Historian on Instagram if you want to talk this season. If you have anything that you either wildly agree, wildly disagree with me on as you listen to the rest of this podcast, hit me up. I would love to know. Let's dive in. Challenge 39, battle for a new champion, be Fank, as some on the streets are calling it. Here we go. Let's start where the episode starts. We have a bit of an opening trailer montage sort of thing, sort of recap of what all happened on the launch special, which, again, we're not going to get really into that other than say it was really fun. It was really great. Uh, quote of the episode, I don't know. Moment of the episode, definitely uh, the spin the bottle was fantastic as we expected. And I, just, I liked everything about it. I liked fucking with the cast in that way, making them sleep there. I liked everything about it. That's my quick 26 second recap of the launch special. It was great. Keep doing them, keep making them actual episodes and just giving us time to meet the cast and get to hang out with the cast. That's fantastic. We open here the trailer that they open with because that's what it is. It's kind of like another version of a trailer for the season. It's like the fourth or fifth version of the trailer for the season. It's really, really good. Uh, all the trailers for the season have, I think, been pretty, pretty good. Uh, you know, definitely above average to good to even maybe even great. This one was great. I really liked it. Really good opening. And the thing, though, that is worth pointing out is it does end as most of the trailers that they've done for this season have ended with alluding to the champs role in it. And even more so than the ones before, which it has been the ones before, but even more so here, the hammer moment is Cara Maria and CT. Like they are playing up Cara Maria and CT hyping them up so, so much more later on in this podcast about my feelings about how the champs are going to be used, what we know about it and my feelings on that. But it's worth continuing to point out that in the preparation for this, and they even had, you know, they put out the clips uh, earlier this week of the, you know, the cast reacting to the trailer. And it was, I believe it was Cara and Darrell and Olivia and Horacio, maybe on maybe Horacio and someone else but car was there like they're using car as much as possible they're putting her front and center as much as possible and it makes sense why because we've all been desperate to have her back the arena fun highlight real recap of the launch episode was really really great and the only other thing worth saying from this point is Horacio takes center stage we get the back for revenge moment He's their star player, okay? No question about it. And he fancies himself filling that role. He's definitely open to and from everything we can tell very, you know, uh, he, he likes it. <laughs> he, he, he wants that. He wants to fill the shoes they're asking him to fill because they are putting him forward as 
this is the guy, this is the star, this is the, whether he wins or not, this is the the face that we're rolling out here. This is in this group of all these new players, you know, only a couple seasons in, some were looking for new people to rise to the top and be the big, big stars. And this is the guy they're betting on the most and giving the role to, basically handing out the leading actor role to. And he's happily like, yeah, I'll do that. I can do that. I will do that. And there's a lot of pressure that comes with that. And we'll maybe touch on that again a little bit later, but he's definitely ready to take on the role and they have been giddy to give it to him. Then they head to a daily challenge and we learn more specifics about the format. We get a little bit further of breakdown of how the format of the game will work. So let's discuss it here. There's going to be three stages. We had learned that in the launch special and some of the trailers and clips, but now we get a little bit more of an explanation of it. Three stages starts with control where they're going to work together. They don't say this, but we, I'm assuming four times because he says we're starting at 300 K we can get up to 500 K and it, you know, then they say this one's worth 50. So I'm guessing they're not going down in denomination of how much a challenge is worth. So I'm guessing maybe we get four challenges worth 50,000 each to get up to a possible 500,000 at the top line. That's just a guess, but work together to bank prize money towards that final pot. Then you go to the chaos stage. They are not told this. We are told this, that that's where they will face the champions. And I assume the champions will get to steal some of that money. TJ says where you could possibly lose some of your money. And we know that's because of the champs. They don't know that yet. And then the conquest section is the part they leave pretty open-ended. TJ says you can maybe earn some more money back and it's an individual game. And that's kind of all we have about that. But we assume that's just where it takes the regular shape of individual dailies, individual eliminations. We're, you know, we're right there at the end towards going towards a final. So with this, the control section first, this opening part of the season, these probably first, again, I think probably four-ish episodes long, three to five, I would bet money on it being four episodes worth. I absolutely love this. The idea of having them all work together is genius. It's so well thought out. It's so well done. Such a fun new wrinkle. I am all for it. Completely different house dynamics, first and foremost, if, you know, everyone having to work together, everyone having to assess, you know, there's no like big bad player on the other team. Everyone wants everyone to do well, but also do you want to be the person who's like the captain and dominating and helping the most do you, or do you want to kind of be in the middle and like, I want to avoid being the one who cost us anything, but I also don't want to make a name for myself. I don't want to really put myself out there, make people pay attention to me. So there's those dynamics at play. And then most importantly, I love the fact that no one is safe. It's fantastic. Yes, it's a little tougher that you know there's no last place person that goes directly in, although I bet stage three of the game, we will get that hopefully incorporated back in. But the fact that there's no winners, so everyone is always up for grabs. That is interesting to me. That just, the whole thing, the whole idea of it creates a completely different dynamic within the house and if you're going to do this, you obviously have to do it at the beginning when you have as many people as possible to make it the most chaotic as possible. Love, love, love this portion of the game. The only part I don't love, like I know MTV's like basically not a network anymore, but the idea that they're starting them and I, I'm glad that they didn't make all of the people fake clap and like hoot and hurrah for $300,000. Okay, this is a shame. 
$300,000 is the same prize pool they were playing for like 20 years ago on this network, okay? Have you heard of inflation, MTV? Have you heard of it, okay? Goddamn, Survivor started at a million dollars, and maybe they've never raised it either, but it's a million dollars every single season, 45-plus times now. And that started, you know, a couple years after the challenge, but still 23, four years ago, whatever that it was. Can we not, like, come on? And we went up to a million dollars there for a few seasons of the challenge, and I get it now. You, their, their response is probably, Jacob, well, guess what? We do three, four, five seasons in a given year. We can't, when we used to do one for a minute there, yeah, it could be a million dollars. But now 500,000 each for three or four seasons, we're giving out a couple million dollars. And to that, I say, I don't give a shit. I want them playing for a million dollars or, you know, two people to split that for 500,000 something. Get back to that. Uh, Cause this isn't enough money and this doesn't feel, I just, I don't know. I don't like that at all. Especially the fact that it's like, it's only 300. You can win up to 500, but you got to win it. and. Sure, I ultimately like that the champs are going to get a payday out of this, probably when they all win most of their eliminations. But anyways, on to that part, chaos. I like, I'm assuming they're going to make it two teams at that point, maybe for the dailies. I don't know. I don't really care. The only thing I'm interested in with that part is how the champs elimination element works. They don't say it directly here. It's insinuated and I will... It's not a spoiler because it's insinuated, but the the Wikipedia pages and the fandom pages correctly state that the champs will be able to win money in whatever they're doing. In the eliminations they're going to play, they will be able to win money and steal money. That is what TJ is referencing when he says you can lose money during the chaos stage is that the champs, when they're there, I don't know how much, I don't know what the mechanics of it, but I do know that it seems to be they're going to be allowed to, if they win, take some of the money and that is the incentive for getting all of the big names to actually come just fly over for a couple days shoot in one elimination and put their reputation on the line if they were to lose that elimination is there's going to be some i don't know it'll, it'll be 10,000 25,000 50,000 what it'll be but that you could lose money to them i love that i think it's a fantastic way to use the champs in a mercenary role make the trip worth it for them it doesn't take the shine off of the new people for more than like a quarter of an episode when the champ shows up for the elimination, it does, you know, there's 10 of them, even if it's double limbs every time that's five episodes. So yes, they're like, they're a pretty sizable part of the season, but I think it's the best way possible. I think they're, they're finding the best way possible to thread the needle of, we want to have some of these old faces here, but we want to make sure that they're not in any way, stopping us from building up new characters, building up new story arcs, building up new stars for the show. So, you know, is there an ultimately a perfect way to do that? Probably not, but I think they, from what we know so far, it's looking like they're going to be able to walk that line as tightly as possible. And I'm very interested in it. And I'm very excited for the champs being able to win some money. I think that's going to be a fun element of to see a Jordan come in, a Devin come in, a Tara come in, a Tori come in and be like, no, nah, I'm trying to get paid, yo. Like, I didn't just fly over here to get an extra episode on my resume of the challenge. Like, been here, done that, all right? I'm just trying to get paid right now and get out of here. I'm going to like that. It's very fun. Is the whole format super complicated? A lot of twists? Yes, it is, obviously. But either... I don't know. I, I might just be growing immune at this point to it and stop, stop, stopping caring at this point And just, you know, I've fully 
my whole body has accepted my whole brain, my whole mind has accepted. This just is the status quo and has been long enough that I'm just like, it's I'm immune to it. I don't get all, you know, up in arms about it anymore. Or also uh, maybe they just, I like what we know about this one so far. And I think this is a good of the complicated seasons. This is a good complicated season. So love everything about the format that we know thus far as for the daily itself, whole control, really solid design for the first one. I think the goal of the challenges when they're doing it together has to be that needs to be big, big single spots of chaos. Basically people congested on the same task. If it gets something that allows you to spread out and easily be, you know, if it's like moving a bunch of stuff from one side to the other, which this is moving some things, but not that very far. And really this is two tasks that everyone kind of does at the same time. It's get people out of the hole and put the puzzle together. You know, if it's move a bunch of stuff across the beach and suddenly you actually get a little assembly line and everyone has something to do separate from what the other people are doing, there's a little less chaos. There's a little less decision-making. It just kind of runs smoother. It's easier for them to figure out when it's, hey, well-executed, well-designed like this is of like, they're going to be standing like sardines in this little hole next to each other, all trying to do the same task at the same time when only one or two of them can go at a time that's going to be chaotic. And then the same thing with the puzzle, it, you know, it's 15 feet wide. They're all going to be able to stand there and be in each other's way. It's great. Love, love, love everything about it. I'm glad Jay didn't <laughs> lose a shoulder, a hip, a leg uh, that did not look fun or enjoyable. It looked painful at the very end when, you know, they're trying to get him and Kieran as the last two out impressive that they did it impressive that no one got hurt, especially Jay in that moment. So shout out to him for putting his body on the line. I don't, maybe others gave him credit and we just didn't see it, but he should have been getting more credit in the moment for like, dude, you guys were ripping me in half. Okay. That's how we got our half of this equation done is they ripped me in half to get Kieran out of there. He deserved more credit for that. Will they learn for the next couple of challenges while they're all working together? Because the way to do this, they, they almost did it. They start and they kind of, you know, Kieran says, I'm with, like, I think I've got a strategy and can be a leader on the pit portion and to defend him later on in deliberation. He does make it clear. Like I can do that part. I'm not like in charge of the puzzle part. And that was halfway there. They needed someone in charge of the puzzle. They need captains. They need to go into each one of these and say, whether TJ makes them or not, which he is smart not to, they need to say you, you, and you, one to three people are talking. No one else talk. It's on these three people. Everyone else, you are just workhorses. Carry something if they say carry something. Move something if they say move something. Run over to a different spot if they say to do that. Whatever. These two, three people at most are talking, are looking, are making decisions. You ride or die with those decisions. And those people are then either essentially safe if you know you succeed and everyone has goodwill towards them. They, they don't have to be, you know, the rules don't say they are, but you have goodwill towards them or those people know, Hey, we're, we're maybe going to stare at you. We're, you're not going to have that goodwill. If we fuck this up, if you fuck this up and you're going to have to really rely extra hard on people in relationships in the house and being able to point the blame somewhere else. So we'll see if they learn first time around though. It was, it was pretty exciting. And it was, uh, it was a bit of a surprise that they didn't get it done. I I'm glad they made these hard as much as I want the prize money to be way more than it is. I like that this is actually hard and there can be disappointment. I'm glad it wasn't like, hey, it's it's ultimately pretty easy for you to win all of these daily challenges. Then we get to the house and we have a big old party for the first night. We get a lot of good stuff out of it. First things first, 
I think this is the same house from USA too. They are filming in the exact same location. I I think this is the same house. I don't couldn't hundred percent confirm from what we saw. They've you know redesigned a little bit. It would make sense if it is. I'm not totally against it. I I would hope I don't want every single season to just now be in Croatia. As wonderful as it is, beautiful as scenery, as much as I believe it is good for them and good for the dailies and the limbs to have a nice setup and a base of operations. And it wouldn't have the same effect as like with Survivor, where you know we're all over there, kind of like oh, Fiji for the fifth, sixth, seventh season in a row. Okay, we've seen this before. Like you know, they're not out in the elements that way, so it doesn't have the same effect. But don't do it every single season. But I'm I'm down for it to be the same one. I think Michelle, as the one person who was on both seasons, will have to confirm for us if it is in fact the same house. Jay's opening toast is fantastic. We'll read that later in the best quote segment. And then we got Berna. Berna is kind of the star of the first night here. Uh, the, the, <laughs> the, the chaos begins to some degree and she's not having a good time. And folks then are not having a good time being around her because of that. She's in bed crying a few hours into the evening over not being able to room with Michelle. Which, quick aside from Michelle's standpoint here, great game move by her. She comes in with a little bit of a relationship with Berna. They've been talking to some degree, it seems like. And she avoids actually being tied in that way to Berna, which is smart because I think she could, could have seen what's going on coming. So she maintains a little solid relationship with her while not being tied to her because, yes, if Michelle gets up in this moment, is like, okay, yeah, yeah. I'll just like switch into your room. And now it's, you know, I forget who Michelle is in a room with, but if she switches over and it's like her Berna Raven and, you know, Huey or whoever else is in that room and they're kind of on the outs of everything that doesn't really work very well in Michelle's favor versus the room that I think she is currently in, which I am not able to pull up in my notes and say, so that's that quick aside. Berna's crying over it though, having a tough time. And no one will listen to her at the daily. They point that out. No one listens to her. She's definitely feeling ostracized. And I totally, totally get it. She was painted as a bit of an outsider on her first season. And I would assume being someone that's coming in as an international player, it was already very nervous to do that on the first season. But then, you know, there was like, okay, well, everyone here is basically from some show from different parts of Europe, different parts of the entire world. And okay, we're, we're all a little bit of an outsider here, but she was kind of painted in that light to some degree. Then you have the worry. You're probably terrified coming into a second time around of like, that's going to happen again. And you get the slightest hint that it is happening. And suddenly you're caving in on yourself. You're feeling dejected and that's emanating off of you. Everyone's feeling it around you. And it just is a, a cycles down really, really, really quickly. And now you've made it. So now you are ostracized again because you were so scared about it and let little tiny moments. Yes. No one's listening to her at the daily and they highlight that, but everyone at the daily is just yelling and yelling and yelling and no one's listening to anyone really other. And then there is the one moment where Kylan, like when they're all trying to make a decision before the daily and burn is trying to say something and Kylan, like, I don't know if this was just tricky editing, but if it was, they did it really well. Kylan's like, all right, everyone quiet, 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 quiet. And you think he's going to be like, Berna has something to say. And then it's like, Olivia has something to say and it goes over to Olivia. Like, you know, everyone's favorite. And so I don't know if that was just really good editing, but if it was, it was good editing. Burn is not feeling good. I get it. Her and her, her telling Colleen though, the one time, the one thing I'll be like, Berna, this one's on you. At some point it is on you is when Colleen's listening to her and 
Colleen starts to just have a response, just gets a word or two out and Berna quickly shuts it down. It's like, I just, I just want to share my feelings. I do not want any advice. I don't need you to talk back. And it's like, well, okay. But like, it's, it was hard enough for you to find someone that was like, I'll be your friend. I'll like, hang out with you. I'll listen to you. You got to let that person like have a response back to you. So I'll, that was a negative on Berna for sure. I hope though she doesn't turn full cordial and nice. She does the apology and deliberation. No, 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 no. Get that out of here. I don't want any of that. I want a villain on this show, Berna. And it looks like that job falls to you. Please seize the mantle. Please be a villain. Please start some shit. Ruffle the feathers. Just, just roll with it. Dive in. Have a good time with it. That's what we, the viewer, would like to see. The other big story from the first night, obviously, is Callum and Michelle. They stay up all the wee hours of the morning having a chat, talking, 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 all late into the night. Michelle, don't, like, come on. Why has it got to be Michelle? Why, come on, Callum. Why you got to put my girl through this? Don't do this to my favorite. But, you know, they, they're talking. She's very direct. She's asking, you know, hey, do you got someone back home? Are you sure you don't have anyone back home? And then does the direct question. Do you have a girlfriend? Which Callum's response to that direct question of do you have a girlfriend is the most, we both know I do, but I just want to have sex with you. So let's act like I don't. Like that is his answer. He doesn't say those words, but he says those words. His face, his expression, his tone, his <laughs> meandering, his I don't really want to answer this. Let me see what's the best way I can answer this. Kind of say no, but we both know what's really going on here. And what's going on here is again, he wants to have sex with her and they both know what the situation is or seem to be open to what the situation is. He obviously knows she maybe is trying her hardest to tell herself that that isn't the situation, but it is. And yeah, it's a, uh, it's not a good situation to be in, but I will say this not in his defense, uh, certainly not in his defense, but in his working in his favor, possibly is the blueprint for how to come out of this is in the house with him, and that is Kieran. Now, maybe unfairly, maybe just easy stereotype of like the dude's tatted neck to toe, you know, on UK and Australia season. It was very easy for me and many others that watched both of those seasons to kind of be like, hey, the fun kind of party guy that with all the tattoos, they 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 seemed very similar to each other on each of those seasons. So he Callum can look to Kieran who on Challenge Australia, spoiler, I guess, coming for Challenge Australia, if you haven't watched it, you should. It's freaking amazing. But Kieran has a girlfriend going into that show. And in episode one, night one, he showers with a woman on the show and has a big hookup and then has to admit that he has a girlfriend and he has now cheated on her and he has Zoom calls with her and tells her and fills her in. And you would think same as if just one episode in, you'd be like, damn Callum, like not, this ain't good. That's not cool. Shouldn't do that. You would be like, Oh, you're down pretty bad on Callum. But Kieran, as I said, I ended up putting him in the MVP rankings by the end of challenge Australia. It makes it to the final. He had the best comeback, like reputational wise of like, if you could handle cheating on your girlfriend on live television, the best way possible. Like he did it. There was actual real remorse. There was actual real, like, damn, that wasn't like, I should not have done that. And I need to like make changes to my approach to life because of this. Like you could see it. He was really feeling it. And then he was like, a, just an awesome stand-up guy the rest of the way. And again, it doesn't like erase the fact that he did that, but he, the best turnaround you possibly could have had, he had it. And so now his kind of counterpart, if you will, from the UK has 
made the same transgression one episode into this season. We'll see if he can pull the same kind of lovable turnaround to that story or not, uh, given his deliberation tactics too. I'm thinking he might go the other way and the house may slowly but surely be like this guy. We're, we're not about this guy, but we will see. Then we have the deliberation and the alliances that take part. We got to discuss all of that. And I know this pod's going to be a long one, but there's a lot to get into with the first episode. So thanks for going through all of it with me. Battle of the Sexes 3 is here. That is really what they should have called the first stage of this game because working together, everyone having a vote, no one being safe, no one being, you know, it's a male day, a female day. It's going to turn into Battle of the Sexes 3. And it does immediately, immediately, which is pretty fun and pretty interesting. And it does... It's now, you know, the second or third season here where they've kind of, I I would assume they thought this was definitely a possibility. I'm sure it came up in discussion and similar to how on Spies, Lies and Allies, it was like, hey, a third of this game, we're going to basically play cutthroat. We're going to like have, you know, reminiscent of and all of these clues to we're just kind of doing cutthroat here for a little bit. And where this season is now kind of like first, third, foul the sexes. Second, third, kind of invasion of the champion with a spin. You know, they're kind of doing versions of the old themes and seasons mixed into the formats of the new seasons. I, I kind of like it. Again, I've just become immune to the fact it's going to be complicated. It's going to be convoluted. And if that's the case, that's the case. And I like how they're making it work here and, you know, paying homage to seasons of old and themes of old. And it's kind of fun to see little short versions of those play out. This episode plays out exactly exactly like Battle of the Sexes 1 and Battle of the Sexes 2 do as far as team cohesion goes. The boys, the boys in the house are like, hell yeah, we can party with the boys. Big frat house, going to be a good time. Blame any problems on the girls. No problem. No problems over here. Blame any problems we have. Ours, theirs, doesn't matter. It's on them. Vote for them. No questions asked. No problems had. We're, we're good. We're chilling. Just the boys having a good time. The girls, meanwhile, are all like... We should clearly, clearly, everyone, look, look at me, everyone, look at me, everyone in this circle of all the women in the house, look at me. Clearly, we should be on the same page and vote all the guys, correct? Everyone nods their heads. And then like five of them are like, yeah, but also I heard someone say my name. And so they're dead to me now. And fuck it, let's vote a girl. And that's where it ends up going. Narice is the one who does point out the clear, obvious issue of the first vote matters more than any of the other ones. Because if this turns into a guys versus girls thing, the moment you eliminate, if the first person eliminates a girl, the guys win. The guys have 12. And if they stick together, which they have shown, his, history tells us they will. They have no problem blaming everything on the women in the house and just taking advantage of the format that is given to them. The first one matters more than anything. She points that out. No one kind of listens. And we get exactly what, you know, it's a little different on Battle of the Sexes 1 and 2 because obviously, you know, you still have to win the daily to then, and you still have to vote someone out of your own tribe, but it's all kumbaya, if you remember, uh, between the men, and it's not so much between the women on both those seasons, and thus far, it, that happens exactly textbook again here in this first episode, and you know, don't blame me for, for telling it, telling you recapping exactly what we saw. That's the situation. And it just, it is what it is. And I think that's going to continue. I think the women need to get on the same page, need to put whatever, you know, Olivia, I know someone said your name, who cares? Doesn't matter right now. Really doesn't matter right now. The women need to use one thing against the men. And that is the men's ego. For the same reason that all the men are like so easily be like, yeah, we'll just blame everything on them. 
we'll all just hang out, chill, have a fun time. And uh, you let us know when the format changes and we have to vote for a girl. Until then, we're not going to. The women need to use the men's ego against them, okay? We've been told only one person wins the final. We've been told that. We know that now. You know, that's a fact. I don't think TJ is going to go back on that at any moment. So with all these guys thinking they're like better or whatever, use that against them. Pitch the men the entire time from day one, from right now, next episode. I need to see some of the women going to some of the men and being like, hey, so only one of us is going to win in the end. Like only one male or woman is going to win in the end. And I think that, yeah, you you guys will beat us. You'll beat us. It's not going to be a chick. It's not going to be one of us. So, you know, maybe you maybe you think you want to get a Horacio out. Maybe you want to get an Emmanuel out, a Kieran out. Like, wouldn't you want to get one of the guys that's going to beat you? Like, if you if you don't if you don't think we're going to beat you in a final, then you should get one of the people that you think is going to beat you in that final out. So, use that against them. You use that logic if they're going to have that ego and probably have that feeling of like, well, it's going to be one of us that wins. Well, like. Use it to your advantage and have them vote for each other. That's the that's the one thing I can see them being able to pierce and be able to get some of them to vote on their side of things. Huey is the other hope because he does from what we see in this episode and what would make sense from who he's been on seasons with before in his one season. He's got really good relationships and it seems like the people he's closest to in the house are a couple of the women from Spies, Lies, and Allies that he did seasons with. So maybe they he's one of the targets that they could get to flip of like hey like aren't you don't want to face Horacio in a an elimination right okay well like great so that's one reason you should help us and also like aren't you friends mostly friends with us and like closer with us than them like so he's one person i feel like they could get to flip but otherwise I, they need to use that ego against the guys and be like does any of you want to go against the rest of you in a final great you're all fine going against us in the final we'll prove you wrong but we're not going to say that right now we're going to play on that ego and get you to vote for yourselves the good news is for them no matter how this goes it's only going to be for three or four episodes once the champs portion, the chaos portion is here, we know there's 10 champions, five men, five women. So we would assume there is eliminations, five that take place with women in them and five with men in them. And then I would bet the third portion of the game is also men, women divided up. We know whose day it is. Maybe not. Maybe so. We shall see. But it's not going well. They go to the deliberation. Callum goes in right away. <laughs> just hilarious it's just immediately like so we've all been thinking that it should be and then everyone's like just fucking say it dude and he's like yeah it should be a girl it should be a girl and then there's a little pushback and then of all people locky gets in there he gets a little edgy and is like point to me the person who was the weak link yesterday kind of insinuating like none of the men did but like i don't know i guess maybe we didn't see them directly say the men are in charge of getting everyone over the wall the women are in charge of the puzzle it turns into that and yeah, they don't get the puzzle done, but like you could have got the everyone out of there and working together on the puzzle a little faster too. I don't know. The the men's idea of like, we did our part, you didn't do your part. It's like, well, kind of a little, maybe. I don't know if I'm yeah, 100% by that. But anyways, uh, yeah, deliberation doesn't, none of it matters because Jessica throws herself out on a silver platter to everyone. She does the, I'm a, she plays the I'm a layup card. Don't you, you want to beat me? You're going to beat me, but she adds into it. I also don't want to be here. And I also kind of want to quit and may or maybe more or less. And I'm going to be easy to beat, not only because I'm not as good and I'm a layup, but also I'm not like driven to try that hard and want the money. I was going to give it to charity or my mom or something. And it's just like, what are you doing, Jessica? This is a horrible, horrible, horrible speech 
Um, it is not the way to go. It is, there is a version of I'm a layup and you should keep me for that reason that can work in your favor. And this was the exact opposite of that. So folks watching at home, don't do this. If you ever end up in this situation, you, if you're going to play the layup card, do it very differently from what she does here. It felt very survivor-esque. I got to say of the recent string of folks, small spoiler, I guess, for the first four episodes of this survivor season of people quitting but people quitting using the, they want to be here more than I want to be here. So vote me out, please. So I can say I didn't quit, but you quit kind of thing going on. And this kind of felt like that a little of like, you guys want to be here more than me. So it's okay. And yeah, ends up her going home. But of course we have to talk about how she went home the arena real quick here. First things first, the voting, how they vote, make the vote secret or best case, it would be great if they vote, you know, had to write down their vote or put their vote in or something. And then it was revealed and you still got to see who voted for who, but like make them vote without knowing who everyone else is voting for, because I don't love the, everyone just joins in and this one turns into a 23 to one vote on Jessica. And I definitely don't, I think Jessica would have gone in, in this scenario if they all voted independently, but it definitely wouldn't have been 23 to one. There definitely would have been some other names up there and you want some other names up there. The same with how like the hopper worked on USA two part of the good that came out of that was, Hey, I maybe only got one vote and didn't end up in elimination, but someone voted for me. Someone put my name down and I want to know who it was. And now there's a little extra. And now five people are pissed that they got votes And you know, in this situation, you don't get that. So I'm not a big fan of the lineup and, you know, we'll vote down, write down an order. You know, it has its place, but it also, it, it has its drawbacks certainly to it, but we still do get a little controversy out of the voting because Horacio out of nowhere, what are you doing? <laughs> this is the first misstep. Hopefully not too many of them uh, in Horacio's bid to become the new star face of the challenge and mostly his bid to become the champion of the challenge. This is a complete, utter, unforced error. He says, you know, I don't want to, I want to show that I don't just follow everyone else, what they're doing. I'm not a sheep. I make my own decisions. I play my own game. And it's like, yeah, that's all well and good. If you were voting fifth and it was four votes, Jessica, and it was already like, it's looking like it's going to go Jessica. And, but, and you were like, I don't want to, you know, I want to make my own vote the way I was going to vote. This is what I was going to do. I'll say it. That would be different when it's, and maybe again, this could be editing. I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Maybe he actually, but he was standing at the end of the line and it seems like they did legit go down the line. If the votes are 23 to nothing and you are the last vote, the only way you don't vote for Jessica is if you like do a funny, like I'm going to vote for Olivia and like laugh about it or something. And it's like, yeah, I vote, I burned a vote on my like bestie and you guys just have a laugh. And even that, it's not going to work. It's still going to piss them off, if anything, because maybe somehow, some way, total votes way down the line matter in some small form. I don't know. It would still want to work. Vote for Jessica, okay? It's just not. It's not the move. It's not the show of strength he thinks it is. It's an unforced error. It, it's not. It's not being a sheep to do the just smart thing of literally everyone else on these stage has voted for this person. There is no need for you to let Big T know that you wanted to vote for her in this scenario. So unforced air from Horacio. They get to call their out their own opponent. Hell freaking yeah. Hell freaking yeah. So excited for this. This is the way it should be. I love it. I love it. I love it. If if that person is voted in, again, if it is a last place goes into elimination, maybe a little different. Um, 
that comes with its own set of variables. But in this situation, her getting to pick is the best. Love it. Can't wait to keep watching people get to call out other people. I know she loses, but she does pick the right person. Big T matches up with her size wise. Um, so that is one reason why it's a good choice. But then the second reason is pick someone who matches up with you size wise and who is an actual threat though, on the political social side of things. So, you know, like if we're going to do a physical competition here, I want it to be as evenly matched on that front, but I want to then take out the biggest threat I can that still fits that first parameter, but is as big of a threat as possible in the house and the social political alliances, the whole thing, which big T has certainly shown herself in this first day in the house to be. And so absolutely the right call from Jessica. I know it's in a loss, but I will give her credit that she picks the right person to go against the game itself. It's very cool. It's very simple. It's very straightforward. I love that the daily and the elimination were both meant to be done very quickly. A 10 minute time limit on the daily challenge, a very, very fast elimination that spells good things. If they continue that trend, that means more time in the house, less time in eliminations and dailies. I'm all for that. They also clearly hoped this didn't turn into the, the best version of itself. It could have been, they were looking for a midair tug of war. Okay. They were hoping they would be close enough, tied enough, there would be a big enough gap between the two things to get the hammer over that it ends up being at least a little bit of a brief tug of war in the air with the, you know, with the hammer going back and forth in the middle there. That would have looked really, really cool. Would have been interesting to watch. Um, but Big T was not having it. She was like, I'm just going to do it too fast. We're going to avoid all that. We're just going to get this done. That's what does Big T. Well, first Jessica goes home. I'm curious when her and Devin met then. Uh, I actually, when she calls out Big T, I'm kind of like, shit, is Big T about to go home first? Because like Jessica's got to at least be here until Devin shows up. They're dating now. Like when did they meet and whatnot? Um, so maybe that happened in the hotels after she was uh, eliminated. Maybe it just happened after the season. They now know who each other are. I don't know. Uh, but I kind of had a suspicion of like, do we know, was this info kind of actually spoiling this? And is Big T about to go home? But Jessica goes home. Um, you know, it sucks to be the first person it's, you know, there's no one that I want to be the first person. I'm like, you're not going to provide anything for the season, but it wasn't one of my kind of, you know, six, seven, eight people that I'm like, we need them to be here as much of the season as possible for entertainment purposes. So not the worst loss. Big T would have been big T is the main character. She is the, she is headline character of the season for sure. It's her, Horacio, and Olivia. They're on the poster. They're the stars that have been signed on to this television series here. And I would say Michelle, Jay, Asaf, Mel, and Narice are the kind of supporting actors, if you will, that the that the challenge is putting forward. Like that's that's the people they are they're expecting. I know it's not actually the folks that are on the poster, the you know, for the season, but it you know, you get my analogy, you get my reference here. She's the main character. It's about her. It's about Horacio. It's about Olivia. And then that other group is kind of the secondary and others are kind of vying to get into that world. But she's the main character, especially in this first episode. She gets the big win and she gets to go back and start to execute on her master plan. Awards now. Let's start with best quote. There was a lot of great things said this episode, but I'm only going to give one nominee. It's the winner and it deserves so because Jay gave a great opening toast quote to the players of the past. Thank you for paving the way but we're the next generation and we're here to stay. So raise your glasses and drink with me and spin the bottle and make out with Huey. 
loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. Great, great stuff. And then, you know, who he gets in the Argentinian quote toast at the end also enjoyed that. So Jay gets the best quote as for best moment of the episode, bunch of nominees, bunch of little things that stuck out and really, really loved. Kieran collects Pokemon cards. Hell yeah. Love that. Love Pokemon. <laughs> so go Kieran. I liked that moment. Second one, the rain starting right as TJ finishes explaining the game and says, you know, now let's do the first challenge and it starts to rain. It's fantastic. I love that. What a, I don't know if that was fake. Um, and they were piping that in themselves, but I don't care if it was, it was great. Asaf not knowing teamwork makes the dream work. That was really fun. And I just got to say, I'm, I love Asaf through the first couple episodes of the season so far. He's fantastic. Love, love, love him. Putting Wes's face on Big T. That was nightmare fuel. Don't do that. Please don't do that. Um, but Big T definitely has the biggest growing alliance in the house that they do Brady Bunch style boxes and show everyone that could possibly be working with her and then throw Wes's face to allude to this is a very Wes-like strategy from her. I didn't like it at all. Don't do that. But it still was a, a memorable moment from the episode. So gets nominated here. Callum calling his girlfriend that call home was definitely a memorable moment for the episode. Corey Lay scheming. Mostly just one shout out that I didn't get to really talk about Corey in this episode, but he is one of the ones taking the lead amongst the guys. He's getting a good amount of screen time, deservedly so entertaining. I like Corey Lay a lot, obviously, and uh, just wanted to give him a shout out for I liked him leading the little guys scheming sessions that we saw Jessica's disaster deliberation is definitely a nominee here. It was a complete disaster. And then Horacio voting for Big T was a big standout moment. Couldn't believe that it happened. But of all of those, I've got to give the award to, I, I think we're going to go with Mother Nature. The rain starting, right, as TJ finishes. That was just well, well executed. And again, I hope it wasn't fake. I hope that was real. But even if it wasn't, I don't care. I'm going to act like it was real. And I think it was, and it was great. So that's the moment of the episode. As for the MVP, top five, fifth place. We're going with Kieran. He's gets a good amount of screen time. He takes, you know, a little bit of a leadership role on the daily challenge. He's just overall likable again, really enjoyed. And he definitely, you know, deserved his spot as fifth on this ranking. Corey lay in fourth. Again, a lot of screen time, a lot of confessionals was kind of leading most of the strategy talks amongst the guy. And I think just providing a good bit of supporting role in this episode, third spot, burn up, definitely one of the stars, definitely one of the stories of the first episode here. Berna and everything related to her and everyone's energy around her is definitely going to be a story that continues into the next few episodes. And we know from the trailer, at least turns into one yelling match, chest bumping, physical, almost altercation. So looking forward to seeing that second tie second Callum and Michelle get lumped together. Definitely, obviously, giving us storylines, giving us entertainment of some kind here in this first episode. But then the winner, the MVP of the first episode, obviously, it's got to be Big T. I didn't keep confessional counts. Uh, I will look what uh, Challenge Stats puts out from this episode. But I think she had as many or more than everyone. She's front and center of the girls plotting of her whole, I don't have a master plan. Yes, I do. I'll only tell Mel though, my master plan. She obviously gets the win at the end of the episode, gets her name thrown out there from Horacio. The whole thing, Big T is star, 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 not only of the first episode of the entire challenge franchise. Let's close it out with some power rankings and predictions. The power rankings are damn near impossible. Now, one on one side, I should obviously just do one individual power rankings. Only one person will win at the end, but 
I'm going to, for a while, at least act like a man and woman are both going to win, even though that's not true, but just, I'm going to keep the power rankings a little separate here because eventually at least it does look like it'll turn into male and female weeks where people are susceptible. So it still kind of is for part of it going to be uh, two games being played simultaneously. So I'm going to keep the power ranking separate for now. At some point we'll join them on the men's side though. And on the women's side, both sides, it's kind of impossible to know there. As we said in the preview pod, it's impossible to pick winners. It's possible to pick finalists. Like it's a pretty even match across the board. We don't have a lot to go off of. No standout obvious. Like this person kind of should. I know some people are like, you know, Horacio obviously is the standout obvious, but like, is he, I don't probably maybe, I don't know. Or has he just been put forward as that? He's obviously really good. Don't get me wrong. Obviously, I'm not in any way taking away the fact that he is incredibly good and he does come in second on my current power rankings. But uh, it's not like I expect him to just like, oh, like, hey, look, CT's in this house. Of course, he's going to win. You know, it's not quite that, which I think some people are maybe making it out to be. So had an incredibly difficult time. I don't really have much reason for almost any of this. But on the men's side, I'm going to go Corey Lay, number one, just because he does seem one. I don't think anyone's calling him out into an elimination, probably. And two, he does seem to kind of have all the other guys are listening to him, at least in those first couple of conversations that we see happen. And I do think he has some good connections on the female side of the house. If those come into more of a play here over the next few episodes. So I've got him number one. Again, this is all a crapshoot. I've got Horacio number two, similar. I don't think anyone's calling him into an elimination and he's got great relationships across the house, even if he just made a big enemy in Big T. Third, I'm going with Kylan because I think the women are going to like him too much to any of them want to vote for him. So when, if the women get the, their way and start to put a target on some of the men, I think he would be at the bottom of the list of the men they would want to target. So for that little reason, I've got him third. And then I've got Ed fourth because I mostly because I like Ed. And I think so far he seems to be playing everything correctly. But again, I have no idea. These are going to, these power rankings are going to change across this season more than any season they ever have on the women's side. I got DJ Mel Reeves in first um, because I think her and big T are going to create this big contingent, but big T is going to be the one targeted of that. And Mel's going to be like the second, you know, the Lieutenant, the second in command here. And uh, that's going to be a good place to be within that Alliance. I've got Olivia second. She's also kind of the leader quote unquote of the big, it's, 38 contingency that we got going here that we see having multiple conversations. I've got Michelle in third as always with her for basically the last couple seasons we've seen her. She's got all the friends that can end up costing you in the end. But if you could find a way to thread the needle with it, it could be, you know, a super powerful place to be. So she's in third right now. Can she finally handle being friends with everyone and making that work to her advantage and not ultimately cost her two thirds into the game when everyone realizes she's friends with everyone that's left. And then in fourth, big tie, Narice, big T Zara, one of those three, they kind of all have, I don't, again, I just couldn't really come up with anything. And I also don't know why I did four instead of five or three. It makes no sense. None of it does. These are all complete guesses, but those are what the lists are. Predictions for next week, also complete guesses, but I'm going to make pretty straightforward predictions to see if I can't get one or two right here to open the season. So two, not two predictions coming your way. First one, they will nominate some captains at the next challenge and they will win that challenge or win the money at the next challenge. Second prediction, then the men will stand strong and they will vote in another woman. I think those two things happen. I think they get the money at the next challenge. And then the men are like, hooray, 
we did it. Let's vote in another woman. And the women don't have enough numbers anymore to do anything about it. And I think that's the dynamic that plays out in episode two. So battle for a new champion, B-Fank, as we're calling it around these parts. First episode, technically second episode, is in the books. First pod, second pod, third pod, however many pods have technically already happened about this season, is in the books. Thank you, as always, for being here. Love you. Appreciate you. We'll be back with Survivor coverage this weekend. We'll be back next week again on Thursday morning with season 39 coverage. Appreciate you. Hit me up on Instagram if you want chat challenge. Until next time, peace.